answer. So hi, Kuti. Um, so for this station, you are called to see a 29-year-old gentleman with known ulcerative colitis who presented to A&E with worsening diarrhea. Blood tests have been sent, but the results were awaited. His examination, his basic observations show that he's febrile with a heart rate of 110 and a blood pressure of 110 over 70. Just talk to me how you would um, initially approach this gentleman. No, thank you, Michael. I think uh, first of all, we're going to start with history taking, but I think that first thing to do is to confirm that this is indeed an acute severe colitis and this is where you're going to be using criteria which is the true love and width criteria which essentially means uh, patients have more than six bowel movement in a day plus uh, certain uh, other symptoms such as fever tachycardia a presence of anemia and a raised crp so sort of the history should briefly uh, revolve around this criteria so in terms of important points from clinical history, uh, you can be asking about the duration of the symptoms. This is something that's been going on the last few days. Something has been going on for sort of longer than a week. Uh, frequency of bowel movements again key. So anyone having, uh, especially depending on the based on the criteria, as you as I mentioned before, any bowel movement more than six basically means severe uh, colitis. So frequency is quite important. Presence of blood in the diarrhea and also asking about risk factors for infective colitis. Uh, so this is where you're going to be asking about recent antibiotics, have they got recent travel history, or any other risk factors such as recent takeaways or contact exposure, as patients with UC could present with an infective colitis as well. Uh, you're going to be asking about other associated symptoms such as urgency, nocturnal symptoms, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, fever, sort of a more systemic-based symptoms. Um, this patient is known to have UC, so it's important to get a bit of a background information on his ulcerative colitis. So when was his UC diagnosed? What is his current treatment? What previous treatment has he had? Has he had flares in the past? Has he had surgeries in the past? When was his last colonoscopy? What was the extent of the disease at that point? So a bit of background information on UC is important uh, sort of to help us in terms of subsequent management. Examination-wise, you're going to do a quick A to E assessment, particularly looking at the hemodynamics. Uh, as the vignette stated here, patient was tachycardic, but he was maintaining his blood pressure. Uh, and also you're going to do a sort of focused abdominal examination to rule out acute abdomen uh, as this patient can have perforation or a toxic megacolon. Okay, very good. Um, and you, so what investigations would you think about ordering for this gentleman? Uh, investigations wise the first thing you're going to do is some routine blood tests you're going to be doing a full blood count looking for any signs of anemia raised white cell count which either could be related to inflammation itself or could be an underlying infection you can be checking the use and ease making sure they don't have uh, a concomitant aki making sure they don't have deranged electrolytes often especially profuse diarrhea can have electrolyte arrangement making sure you check the magnesium as well crp again as part of the criteria and also mark of inflammation uh, you should be sending out a vbg with lactate and ph uh, patients often more unwell patients, with, uh, especially patients who have a surgical acute abdomen, often will have raised lactate and a sort of acidotic picture. Blood culture should be sent, uh, making sure we've covered, uh, looking for any positive, possible positive microbiology. A coagulation group and safe should be sent on admission in case patient does end up needing surgery, so you don't delay any surgical uh, procedure. Uh, if the patient has not had any biological screen over in the last six months, I would be 
quite keen to send one on admission as these patients, about one third of patients do end up having rescue therapy. And it does take a bit of a time for this biologic screen to come back. So I would send them on admission as well. And this, this includes uh, HIV, Hep B, Hep C, EBV, CMV, and varicella, and a chest X-ray and a quantiferon test, just looking for any signs of T, any presence of TB. That's sort of sort of the blood, uh, key blood test that should be doing an admission. In terms of imaging, I would do an abdominal X-ray, looking for any signs of toxic megacolon, any thumb printing. Uh, also, do it like chest X-ray, make sure there's no pneumoperitoneum in cases of perforation. If I'm concerned about acute abdomen, I would get an urgent CT abdomen pelvis. And that's obviously more diagnostic. I would also be sending stool cultures at minimum of three, uh, looking for both stool cultures and C. diff toxin. I would also then request an urgent unprepped flexible sigmoidoscopy. And as per the BSG guideline, this should ideally be done in the first 24 hours from admission. And this should also uh, have biopsies taken for both histological examination and immunostaining for CMV. Okay, so the blood tests that you get back show that there's a hemoglobin of 100, a CRP of 50, but otherwise unremarkable. His lactate is normal and the abdominal x-ray shows thumb printing, but no um, colonic dilatation. So just tell me about your thought process here and what you want to um, what you want to do with management. The flexible sigmoidoscopy is performed and it shows Mayo 3 colitis uh, to the point of insertion, but no, and biopsies were taken. I think putting all into the, all of this into context, this patient does indeed have acute severe colitis uh, based on his clinical criteria, his blood parameters, and the endoscopic assessment. So in terms of management of acute severe colitis, key thing is resuscitating the patient on admission. So make sure they have IV fluids, electrolyte replacement. Again, as I mentioned, they could have electrolyte arrangement. If they are profoundly anemic and symptomatic, then they should have blood transfusion. In terms of management of severe colitis itself, they're going to be commencing patients on IV steroids. Again, this can be either in form of hydrocortisone or methylprednisolone, depending where you work. Uh, making sure they're admitted to a side room or uh, as part of the isol isolation procedures. Uh, you're going to be giving the patients prophylactic deltaparin unless they're already on an anticoagulant as these patients are profoundly prothrombotic. And despite the bloody diarrhea, they should be started on uh, low molecular weight heparin, uh, making sure patients are out for daily Bloods, daily reviews, and they have their stool frequency closely monitored as this sort of form part of uh, the assessment to help you decide if rescue therapy is indicated. Uh, so day, and then on day three, this is where it's quite important, where we use the Travis criteria. So you sort of use combination of the bowel frequency and CRP to decide if a rescue therapy is needed. Uh, so the Travis criteria states if they have got more than eight bowel movement in the last 24 hours, mm -hmm. or more than three bowel movement with a CRP of more than 45, this uh, often meets the criteria for rescue therapy. Uh, rescue therapy can be either in form of infliximab or cyclosporin. Uh, both have similar efficacy, uh, but a patient needing surgery often are favored to have cyclosporin. And as mentioned and before, yeah. So you mentioned surgery. So would you, would, you know, you would you wait until day three to get them involved, or what would you, what would what would be your approach there? 
if there's any concerns over the day zero to day three, the patient is not progressing in the right direction, I would get an urgent surgical review. Or oh, if there's any concern about key abdomen or radiological finding of a perforation, because mm -hmm. often it takes time for patients to have surgery because they need the stoma nurse review. There's a huge psychological burden on this group of patients. So it's often good to sort of start the process quite early on, as it does take time for from the time of decision making to the surgery itself. Mm, okay, so at day six, uh, this gentleman has had one dose of IV infliximab on day three, and uh, and his bowel frequency has improved. What would be your cutoff for switching him to oral uh, steroids and oral treatment rather than continuing with IV steroids? So the bowel improvement, if it's improving and if it's about less than three, then often means the patient has responded to IV infliximab. So at this point, I would be quite inclined to convert patients' IV steroids to oral steroids. Often we start off at prednisolone 40 milligram and then slowly we know of weekly by week, uh, so about five milligram per week. And uh, infliximab, uh, obviously, if it's a patient who have not had infliximab before, they will have to have induction. So it's often given a week zero, week two, week six, mm -hmm. uh, saying that you can have extra induction where you can have week zero and week one in certain group of patients. And do you have and do you have a cutoff in terms of the number of bowel motions a day or anything else that would allow you to switch to orals? Uh, I, I think anything about less than what they presented with, uh, and less than eight, I think, often means the patient has improved uh, quite significantly. Okay, and longer term for these patients. So, if you you mentioned infliximab, if they start on infliximab, would you stop it? Would you continue? Or what would you do longer term? These patients often will need to continue on a longer term infliximab, so they'll be starting on maintenance dose, which is normally between uh, eight to 10 weeks. And uh, often the, the patient often gets started on another form of immunomodulators uh, to reduce the immunogenicity to prevent any antibody formation to infliximab. And uh, so patients normally tend to stay on a long term infliximab uh, as withdrawing infliximab is likely to cause a quick relapse of the disease. And if they failed on infliximab, what would you? What other medications do you think about initiating for them? I think longer term, uh, if they fail in fliximab, there are other forms of uh, biologics. Uh, uh, so infliximab is an anti-TNF, so you can use uh, biologic, which are different mechanisms. So you can use vitolizumab, which is uh, and then uh, ustaskinumab, which is an anti-IL twelve, IL twenty three inhibitor. So a different form of biological therapy. If failing that, uh, then obviously, you know, a surgical option is always on the table. A patient can be referred for a subtotal, a sort of elective subtotal colectomy. Okay, fine. All right. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you.